On today's show, we are flying through on a Friday. Our questions, big questions for every single team. We are now into the Western Conference going alphabetical order. We got two teams that we know a little bit about, the Mavs and the Nuggets. A lot of other teams, Lakers, Clippers, Rockets. Big questions coming up on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Actually, nobody really believed he had any. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go! And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, on a Friday, it's Adam Mares from Locked On Nuggets and DNBR. What you got for me, Adam? Yeah, good, nice little Friday I got planned. I had a nice little Thursday. It's been a good week, man. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Good week. We're getting closer to NBA basketball. Media day will probably be sometime next week, maybe early week after that. We're getting close. We're getting close to NBA, and I'm excited about it. BetOnline has odds for the first NBA game, so that's a good sign, right? If you're in betting territory, like distance-wise, that's a good sign. Uh, Like we said, we are going to be going through some big questions for all the teams. We've done the entire Eastern Conference our last two weeks. If you missed some of those episodes, you can go back and watch them on YouTube, or you can listen to them on the podcast, obviously. Uh, Let's start with our big question for the Dallas Mavericks, the team that I cover. They uh, have... Reggie Bullock, Sterling Brown, Moses Brown, and now Frankie Smokes, Frank Nilakina coming in. Those are the players that they added. They are losing Josh Richardson, J.J. Redick, and Nicolo Melli. And Jason Kidd is, an, is a, a, probably the biggest question for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, along with Kristaps Porzingis. But I think both of those two guys, just, to, just together, can Kristaps Porzingis return to the player that he was and stay healthy again? Because he, he did stay pretty healthy last season. He missed some right. games here and there, but he finished the season healthy by and large. And then Jason Kidd. Can Jason Kidd first replace what Carlisle did and then do a little bit more somewhere else? Can he can he be something more somewhere else? I think that's a huge question for the Mavericks. I'm worried that he's not able to answer. Well, I love that you put this because some of these teams have small questions. And you said Dallas has two. But they're major questions. I mean, those are really season-altering questions. I feel like the Mavericks are a team. I'll, I'll, full disclosure, they're – of the returning sort of contenders or challengers, I'm the lowest on Dallas. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they prove me wrong and, and have a good year. It's just that they so in my opinion, there's too many avenues for things to get messy there, including, of course, Jason Kidd not working out or not connecting with Luka Doncic or not connecting with Chris Depp's Porzingis or Chris Depp's Porzingis not connecting with Doncic. There's just too many things that could go on there, in my opinion. And then I look at that roster, and I think Luka is one of the best floor raisers in the NBA. So, okay, it doesn't matter that it's not a perfect roster or one that really impresses you, you have Luka. But when you factor in all those other things, all it takes is one disgruntled Luka Doncic for this season to really go off the rails. And I have watched every single game of Luka's career, and there are times when he does not get up quickly. And so right. if if, there, if we are one like ligament away from the Mavericks just completely being a train wreck, like without Luka Doncic, they are like nothing. Right? But I, just think, be, I mean, injury like, is true for all of these teams, but I, I just wonder for them, Luka's also a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve and, sure. and can be a bit moody. And I don't mean that as an insult. A lot of players are moody. But I, if things don't – if he's not comfortable – with the way that the the season is going and the relationship with the coach, I, he's not the kind of guy that will just be happy and go out there and give the same production. I think he's a guy that you would notice he's unhappy. K- 
Case in point, the Bob Balgaris story. All that stuff. Right. If you guys didn't read that story, that was a huge deal for Mavericks fans and for Good you point. know uh, the entire Mavericks organization. Bob Balgaris was a guy, Harala Bob Balgaris, you probably heard him on Bill Simmons' podcast. That's the only way I knew him before. But he's right. this big gambler, and he was brought in to be the analytics guy for the front office, but more so on Cuban's side of it than Donnie Nelson's side of it. And yeah. then all of a sudden, the story came out that Bob Balgaris was starting to dictate lineups and things to Rick Carlisle, which isn't mm. abnormal for a... You you know, an analytics department to, to give them suggestions on things, but to decide what starting lineups and lineups that Rick Carlisle, coach that had been there for 13 years that have won their only title, that was a big thing. And then the big story was that Luca was yelling at Rick Carlisle from the side, who's in charge of this team, you or Bob? <laughs> like you said, Luca sometimes can get, he can get cantankerous and feisty if things aren't going his way. Uh, so yeah. those are the two big questions for the Mavericks. We've been talking about them all summer. Can I ask uh, you one quick question, guys. though? I want to ask you, just take out Jason Kidd, Luca, and Chris Tapps. Who's the next most important player? Just like who's the pivotal player? Not the not the best, but the most pivotal for the season. Man, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. He's just been the guy that can yeah. – when he, when he gets hot, the Mavericks – like when he's hitting, when sure. he's hitting from three, the Mavericks are kind of unstoppable on offense. They just have that other guy you can kick out to. I think maybe Jalen Brunson could could slide into this as well because the Mavs didn't go get that secondary creator that they really needed. Cuban said at the beginning of the summer, we need to get a guy to take some pressure off of Luka. Can, you know, is, is Drogic going to be that guy that comes in and does that? It just hasn't happened yet. So can Jalen Brunson step up to an, another level? He got... He got kind of embarrassed in that Clippers series. He went from like 20 minutes a game the first three games to like 10 minutes a game the last four games. And so mm. he's he's got a lot to work on this offseason. He may come back with a vengeance. And if he takes another step forward, that's huge for this team. Yeah. Brunson might be the might be my answer as well. I'm curious. Tim Hardaway Jr., two years in a row shooting nearly 40, 39 or 40% from three. I think he's career 35 or 36. I think two years in a row – you probably say that's who he is now, like he's developed it and he's comfortable. But that that's one area. The last two years, if there's any two-year sample size where shooting might have run a little artificially hot, it'd be these last two. So he his shooting, more than him as a player, his shooting is a, as a pivot point for me. For sure. And they re-signed him to that deal. It was pretty great uh, and all that. So, uh, all right, let's move on to your Denver Nuggets. I'm just going to hand this off to you because you're the expert here. <laughs> My big question for the Nuggets this season is, can Michael Porter take the leap? And not just the leap as a player, because I think he was really good last year. Sneaky good down the stretch. The last you know eight weeks of the season or so, he was all-star caliber. I think 24 points per game over the final 25 games or so. Um, but, so can he can take a leap off of that? But more importantly, do him and Jokic develop a two-man rhythm, a two-man game, or some mm-hmm. type of where it's not just the greatness of each player – but the combined greatness of the two, they they kind of existed so far in their careers separate from each other. This is the year where they kind of have to work together in ways we haven't seen yet. My question that I wrote down was, can Michael Porter Jr. bridge the gap? Basically, bridge the gap from, for the offense from, you know, Mike, Jamal Murray's going to be out to maybe when he right. comes back in. And so, yeah, that, that's that's huge. I think the, the one of the best parts of the Nuggets has been the relationship and the connection between Jokic and, and Jamal Murray, right? The way they work together, yep. the way, yep. you know, it's sort of Draymond Curry-like where like, Murray is just like running around a little bit and Jokic is stand, stand still, but he makes so many things happen with his passes and vision and all that kind of stuff. But It's yeah. interesting you said Draymond and Steph, though, because I, I'd have to really put thought into this. I'm shooting from the hip on this, but that might be the only duo that I feel has better chemistry. That's not to say like the Anthony Davis LeBron duo is probably better because they're better players and they fit you know perfectly. But when you talk about 
just sharing a brain and kind of just knowing where each yeah. other are. Those, Draymond, Steph, Murray, Jokic. I'm, I'm not sure there's anybody else that's on those that level. You don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are on that level? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, and you, you said people, you know, I forget about Michael. Like, pe- people forget Michael Porter Jr. is a bucket. Right? People forget, yeah. <laughs> 19, forget 19 points a game last year, even with, yeah. with Jamal Murray and everything. Like, that's that's a lot. So, there you go. He's that's like, our- He's one of the most interesting players, by the way, just in the NBA this season because there is a scenario in which he's an all-star this season. He's that caliber of player. He was a 50-40-90 yeah, guy or 50-40-85 guy last year on seven three-pointers a game. I mean, he's a very efficient player. This might be a year where you're like, yeah, he's 24, 25 point per game score. You get all-star consideration. Yeah, and he only took 13 shots a game last year. I have to imagine that goes up to like 17, 18, like 20 maybe. Like without yeah, yeah, definitely will go up. I'm curious to see what he does with, <laughs> with, with those shots. What are the expectations for Denver? Let's let, what, are, yeah. what are people actually expecting them to do this I, year? It, that's an interesting question. You know, they, I, I think Vegas has their line somewhere around 46, 47 games, and it's a good line. Denver had the second best record in the NBA last season after Jamal Murray went down. I think that was surprising uh, yeah. people. After right. he went down, they had the second best record in the NBA. I think Denver is going to be a little bit better in the regular season than, than probably the average person thinks. The question will be in the playoffs. They've been great in the playoffs in large part because of that Jokic-Murray uh, two-man game. And we just have no idea what level. I, nobody knows what level Murray will return to. And so guessing them in the playoffs is a mystery. But I think in the regular season, they might surprise people at how stable, the, how much they look like last year's team, even without Murray. Yeah, Jokic is just like an offensive engine in and of himself. And so he can just create that. You can stick with anybody in any game, basically. And then right. he's a, he's such a closer, too. Right? He yeah. just closes out games. And uh, that was a, a narrative I'm glad that kind of got kicked to the curb, that Jokic can't close games because he just he just is. And so... Uh, yeah. yeah, that'll that'll keep you in any regular season game, and that makes them a lot better than maybe people see them on paper. All right, yeah. coming up, we got some big teams coming up. The Warriors, the Clippers, the Rockets are a little sneaky. Maybe they have questions. Maybe they have more questions than, than uh, big ones. Maybe small questions than big ones. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. They keep coming up with new flavors, too. Right now, they have these puff bars, these marshmallow puff bars. I've been eating the the coconut marshmallow puff. I love them. I eat them all the time. They have mint marshmallow right now as well as banana cream pie. And the mint marshmallow, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. They're great. They're great for you. I eat them all the time. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. And they only have like five, six grams of sugar in them. That's absolutely wild for these bars. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off the puff bars, the regular bars. They still have peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. The mint brownie is probably the goat. Uh, And then you have the Built Boost, Built Bites, Built Broth. You can use LOCKED15 on any of those products and get 15% off. So go check it out, Built.com. Also, I want to tell you about SweatBlock. SweatBlock is a product that is brand new. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. And right now, it's currently the number one product for antiperspirant products on Amazon. That's insane. There's Mm. so many antiperspirant products on Amazon. So you know that people are ordering it. And then they're ordering it again as well. They're getting it shipped. Do whatever. Those Amazon subscriptions. Now Amazon does a thing where you can pick a day of the week you want your boxes delivered to you. So probably people are filling up their their box, their day of the week box with with sweat block. They're wipes that you can wipe under your underarms the night before. And you get a dry shirt guarantee for seven days. And if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. You can get them at Amazon. Amazon 
A lot of people are buying them on Amazon right now, but you can get them at sweatblock.com and get them for 20% off if you use the promo code locked on. Again, sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off today at sweatblock.com. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into some more of our big questions for NBA teams. We're moving in alphabetical order. We did our, we did my Mavs. We did your Nuggets. Let's move on to the Golden State Warriors. This is, uh, man, I think such a high variance team. I think for a lot of people, depending on how you feel about them, how you feel about Clay, how informed you are about Clay, I think you you have a whole bunch of different opinions. My question is, when and how does Clay come back? Right, the when is a big question, but the how is a question. You mentioned for Jamal Murray. How he comes back, we're not sure how he's going to look. Clay's coming coming back from two of the maybe worst injuries an NBA player can go through. What is he going to look like? Does it matter? Can he still just stand still and shoot? He doesn't dribble anyway, so uh, does it really matter for Clay Thompson? But when and how does Clay come back is the big one for me. And it sounds like everything I've heard January is a healthy timeline. I mean, there was even some reports of maybe trying to push that into December, Christmas, or this or that. But even if it's January. Unlike with Kawhi Leonard or Jamal Murray, who both are expected March or later, January is half the season. You get half the season to kind of come back and get your legs under you and get a rhythm and everything else. So I think that is an encouraging sign for Golden State's chances. But you you also put this sort of in your list of questions there. Does it matter? And here's the thing I wonder. I think Golden State is poised to make a leap this season from where they were last year. I think even just mm. effectively running it back, in large part because – we were talking about chemistry issues and some of the young players needing the experience. And I think they, they got that, uh, you know, some of the fringe role players that they needed to Damian Lee, uh, Jordan Poole. These guys are a little bit more familiar with the system, how to play that Warriors ball movement style of basketball. And then you've got guys in Otto Porter and Amanya Bielitsa. Okay, there's injury concerns, health concerns, sure. But those are high IQ players that know how to fit in, a, a, you know, around star talent. So I think the Warriors are going to be pretty good this year. I, I'm a little higher on them than I think most people. And I think most people that are listening to this will know this, but the Warriors were a top five defense last year. We're not just talking mm. about a team that is just all offense and you're like, oh, well, you know, they can't defend. Like, they were a really good defense without Clay. So maybe they get, yeah. they, get, they get Clay back and that helps. But if you're a good defensive team, you can basically stick with anybody. All the, all the top defenses were good teams last year. Utah, the Lakers, the Sixers, the, the Knicks, the Warriors, Suns. Like, all the, those are like the top six teams on defense. So, uh, yeah, we mentioned the, the players they're losing, Kent Bazemore, Kelly Oubre, Eric Paschal. Like, you're not really losing sleep about any of those guys. Kelly then, Oubre might be addition by subtraction. <laughs> and then Jordan Bell. Remember when everybody was clowning the Bulls right. About, right. <laughs> about the money and everything, the cash considerations or whatever for Jordan Bell? Uh, and they're bringing in Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Andre Godala, Nemanja Bielitsa, Otto Porter. All those guys seem like wild cards to me. They all have big – all those players have big questions for them. James Wiseman seems like another addition his second year. Is he somehow effective this season, even more so than he, you know, than he was last year? He kind of struggled, and their lineup struggled when he was in. <laughs> and maybe he right. – Maybe he comes out this year and they're actually good <laughs> when yeah. he plays. That would be a huge boost for them. They are also a team that has a big trade in in them if they want to utilize it and go that route. They have Andrew Wiggins on that max contract. They've got three young players, Moses, Moses Moody. Uh, you've got uh, James Wiseman, um, and, and you've got Jonathan Kaminga. So you could put together a really nice trade package for a max caliber player if that's the direction they choose to go. And if you talk about adding another star player to the talent already there, that's a pretty good team. How long do we get to say that? I feel like we've been saying that for two years now. Like Ever since Durant uh, left, they've been... <laughs> well, I, they, I, 
Let me ask you that. Do you expect them to make a trade this year, or do you think this is the team more or less that they bring in? When I say trade, a big trade. Right, yeah. I think that th- I think this is what they got. Like, I think they're just going to mm. keep running this back because unless – this season is probably their – like, it's been, this is a pretty winnable season. There's not like a team, especially in the West. I don't think there's a team right. that stands yeah. out as, oh, it's them and everybody else. Like, maybe the Lakers, but even so, they got some big questions too. We'll get into them in the third segment, but – uh, it's a winnable West, and so if if they know, maybe they'll wait until Clay comes back, you know, and that's the trade deadline. And if that happens, then then they make that deal. Then I think maybe that's what they've been waiting on this whole time. So uh, I think they be, make a would, move. I think they make a big move that shocks and and kind of changes the dynamic in the NBA. For uh for a person that works for a, a content network, I would be great. I would be grateful. That would <laughs> be go. great. I would, I would appreciate that. The Houston Rockets. My big mm. question for them, they basically just – I tweeted this out today. They have eight players that were born after Y2K. <laughs> after Y2K. I like that you put it that way. <laughs> when you put it that way, it sounds crazier than after 2000. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, for them, it's I think it's all about Jalen Green. Can Jalen Green be a superstar? Can he come in and automatically – he says he wants to average 30 points a game. Can he, If he does that, that answers probably a big question for them. But can he replace basically the James Harden void there in Houston? I mean, not this year. He's not going to do that. But you know, they, it's not just him. Shangun as well. Uh, you know, Kevin Porter. They've, they've got some guys on this roster that are just going to be really exciting and really interesting. I think that this is a team that will be bad. I mean, I think it's almost <laughs> certain they're going to be one of the worst teams. But they might be fun bad. And and you know, for NBA purposes and for guys like you and me, fun bad. Like I'll take it. You got to have bad yeah, teams because right. every league has to have bad teams. They might as well be fun. I think that the Rockets will be a team I watch more of than I did last year by a good margin. Yeah, like you said, they have a lot of interesting players. What is Alfred Sangoon? What is Usman Garuba? What is Josh Christopher? What is Kevin Porter Jr. still? We still kind of words out on him. Jay Sean Tate, I mean, KJ Martin. Like those are all like young and, and Jalen Green, we've mentioned before. Those are all like young, interesting players that uh have a pretty high ceilings and then, you know, we're not really they probably low floors for a lot of those guys too. I think of, they're gonna get sm- a lot but they're gonna have like they're gonna beat the nets or the the warriors or like they're gonna have these nights where it's like oh wow so and so just really took it to anthony davis tonight (laughs) or lebron or whatever be freaking out about uzman garuba's defense one night durant just just didn't show up hard the honest stopper is this what he is like (laughs) yeah right exactly all right let's move on to the los angeles clippers i just put Kawhi question mark that was just my that's my big question for them is this is he anything? Is he anything next season? Or is he, just, is he just completely out? To me, it seems like he'll probably just be completely out. And this team is the team that actually beat the Utah Jazz in the last couple of games. So this team is not, like, they're not in the lottery probably. But uh, without Kawhi, I don't think they have championship aspirations or even maybe out of a first-round aspirations. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I They caught lightning in a bottle last year after Kawhi went down. I thought it was a tremendous coaching job by Ty Lue, some great yeah. performances, Reggie Jackson and Paul George in particular. But I don't, don't know that you repeat that for an 82-game season. I'm lower on the Clippers than most. And you asked about Kawhi Leonard. I don't see it. I don't see it. A guy that's had that much injuries and is this late in his career, do you really – first of all, do you even risk it if you are cleared to play and and you can't come back till April or even May and you're you're counting on coming back during the playoffs? Do you even risk it at that point when you're this late into your career or do you say, you know what, let's get to next year and we'll give it our better shot? So I, I'm lower on the Clippers than most people are. Clippers bringing in Eric Bledsoe, bringing Eric Bledsoe back actually, Justice Winslow. 
Uh, and then out is Patrick Beverly, Rondo, Boogie, like basically essentially the same team without Kawhi Leonard then. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's kind of the team that they are. Is it, is it a team you're in, you're interested in? It seems like you're more interested in Houston than you are about the Man. Clippers. Right? There's something interesting about a team you don't know anything about, right? <laughs> that, and that's part of it is I feel like we saw the best possible scenario for the Clippers. We saw that last year without Kawhi yeah. Leonard, of course. Yeah, yeah. We saw that. So am I interested in do I have faith that it's going to be meaningfully better or different? Not really. So, yeah, it does feel a little bit like uh, the hangover three. Like, all right, I got it. I got the plot points. I got the jokes. We're going to run it back. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're in a different city now. I get that part, but okay. They'll just be that team that your team plays, especially covering the Nuggets and Mavs. Like, oh, dang it, the Clippers are coming in town. They're just going to be annoying. They're going to play defense. I got Patrick, or they got new. Uh, <laughs> they might be less annoying. I was going to say, they might be less yeah, they don't annoying. Have, they don't have Beverly. Year. Still got Marcus yeah. Morris, though. That, that one's still. Yeah, he is annoying. That's gets Mavs point. fans. Coming up, we got two more teams left. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm sure the Lakers don't have any questions. Everybody knows everything about them. We'll get into them coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. How would it be possible for them to have everything? If you just go to rockauto.com, just just scroll their main page. It shows you all just the brands of cars. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, there's no chance that a building can hold all of these parts. Uh, especially one that's on the side of the road that you can just drive up to and park and then walk into and ask somebody if they have it. So go to rockauto.com right now. They have all the parts available for your car or truck and they'll help you save money too. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. You can get that for $216 from rockauto.com. So they have everything you need and they help you save money. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Like I told you, they have odds already for NBA games. I mean, that, that that's a good feeling for me whenever you got odds already. The Denver Nuggets. Let's see. I am there. We go. Denver Nuggets. They are playing at the Phoenix Suns, October twenty twentieth. We already got a line. Do you? Th- yeah, I already got a line. Do you think the Denver Nuggets are favored or not against? Oh, the Phoenix definitely underdogs. <laughs> they're definitely. Six, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Ah, uh, six. I was gonna guess six. All right. Six, six and six. a half point underdog. The uh, over under for combined points is two hundred and twenty four and a half. Seems that seems a little low. I feel like the offense is gonna be be rolling in that game. But if you feel like the Denver Nuggets can either cover that or if they can just outright win that game, go bet on them. BetOnline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON, or right now you can use the promo code NFL100. You'll get 100% welcome bonus to your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into our last two teams. Uh, we know the Lakers are just head and shoulders better than than everybody else in the, in the whole oh. In the West, right? Adam just Whoa. threw up in Adam just completely threw up in his mouth. All the acid reflex came up. My I the same thing I did for the Clippers, I did for the Lakers. Westbrook question mark. How does he fit? How does he work? Uh is it gonna be one of those things where they just look incredible in the regular season and then in the playoffs it becomes an abject disaster like it did for the Rockets, you know, a couple years ago when they just got rid of centers and just completely decided to go all out playing with Westbrook and then in the playoffs they just got completely destroyed. Is is that the way that it looks for the Lakers too, or is Ken LeBron just Bring him to the next level. Can he be the key to unlock? It didn't work for Andre Drummond, but maybe it'll work for Russell Westbrook that he can be the key to unlock, you know, the best version of Russell Westbrook. I just don't see it. 
I, I might be being the hater here, but I don't see it. I don't think the Lakers are going to be bad, but I don't know if they're going to be the juggernaut that you would expect when you have three names of that caliber. I don't think the pieces fit. If Westbrook has a good season playing off ball, it'll be his first one. Um, and I don't know that LeBron is ready to move off ball or even should move off ball as much as you would need to to make Westbrook feel comfortable playing the way he's played so far in his career. So I don't see it with them as being that top-level team. And then you have to factor in just the injury risk that you have with two players that, that you know, are, are north of 30 and another player in Anthony Davis that has especially recently uh, run into some bumps and bruises. So I don't know. I'm down on the Lakers a little bit. Yeah, that trio is obviously a, a big question, but I look at the rest of this team. Like, they lost Dennis Schroeder, Markeith Morris, Ben McLemore, Kyle Kuzma, Wes Matthews, Andre Drummond, Alex Caruso, KCP, and Marcus Saul. That's, yeah. like, their entire a rotation outside of those three guys, and they brought in... Obviously, Westbrook we talked about. They brought Dwight Howard back. It's positive. Mello, Ariza, Bazemore, Ellington, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Rajon Rondo. Like, is that better than the list of players that I gave to you before? Probably not. They're definitely older, for sure. And so, you mentioned injury risk. There's injury risk with a lot of those guys, too. So, yeah, there's a lot of big questions for the Lakers. I think they'll probably be an incredible regular season team. They'll probably be number one in the the West, and everybody will be you know singing their praises. ESPN. Will I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. This probably. I, this is what I'm saying. I'm again. You're gonna stagger LeBron can... and Westbrook to me. I, Westbrook dragged that that Wizards team. It's like a pretty good record at the end of the season. He can still yeah, be they, a, a so solid were, were they a one? Were they a one seed? I'm trying to remember. Were they a one seed? The Wizards. That's right. Yeah, they were not. Because you're, no, you're just saying the Lakers are going to be a one seed because of Westbrook's ability to drag them. Like, there is a difference between a great player dragging a bad team into the playoffs and a great player dragging a team to the number one seed. And that's the thing that I just – it takes a lot more than just one guy being great. And I, it's the pieces that and how they fit. And there's just too many question marks for me there. Well, it, hel- it helps that they have LeBron and Anthony Davis as well. <laughs> it does help. I mean, it did. and the Lakers for large periods of this last season even looked like the best team in basketball. So maybe we yeah. see it again, but that's a lot of turnover. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a slow start. And with their age, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a slow finish. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I think they still will be maybe the best team in the Western Conference record-wise in the regular season. But with they'll lose a couple games along the way where we'll go, oh, man, they, they maybe just got exposed there by a team playing some playoff <laughs> basketball at the end. So – uh, that's that's my t- that's my take on the Lakers there. Uh, our last team here, the Memphis Grizzlies of Memphis, coming in is Stephen mm. Adams, Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn. Going out is Jonas Valanciunas, Grayson Allen, Justice Winslow. So, I mean, basically, uh, mm. yeah, yeah <laughs> Valanciunas and Adams, it's it's kind of a funny swap, you know. Yes. Uh, similar but different players, but but still kind of an interesting fit. When this trade happened for Memphis, I was a little bit confused. I like Grayson Allen as a like as another piece. Um, you know, Jonas Valanciunas was uh, one of the heart and souls of that team last year. So you take him away, yeah. not not necessarily in talent, although he was very good last season, but just as a guy that that you know it it felt like the team got energy from him in big moments. So you lose that, and I wonder how they'll replace it. But that being said. To me, this is all about the young guys on that roster. And you talk about a John Morant, a Jaron Jackson Jr. I think those guys are, are poised for even better seasons this year. Um, Dylan Brooks even. I just, they just have guys that I think uh, you can expect some big things from. 
Yeah, I think the big question, I mean, I think we kind of know John Moran. He's he's a rising star for sure, and he can win big games. We saw him in the playoffs be absolutely incredible in that game one against the Jazz. But the big question for me is Jaron Jackson Jr. What does he look like? What can he be? He was a guy that we thought, you know, coming out of that draft class, like, oh, he may be one of the best play, like he may be one of the best players coming out of this draft. And now it's just been a couple years of, okay, well, He's gotten injured. We're not really sure what we're getting out of him. And so that's the big question. Can he rise back up to be that number two? Maybe moving Jonas Valanciunas out of the way helps to give him some more space. He can play some more five possibly. That's a big question for me is what he is going to look like. But your, your point about Jonas is true. There's just times last year where he was just a mismatch. And they just they fed off of that energy because he could just go in, get a bucket when he wanted to because he was bigger and stronger than a lot of the fives that teams were playing, especially the Mavericks. He, he just destroyed the Mavericks a couple times because the Mavs struggled defending fives. And there's not many centers like him anymore that can just overpower and destroy. It's like Embiid, Jokic. Yeah, not that many. Jonas, right? There's not too many yeah. of those. I I, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to be a good three-point shooting team this, this season because they weren't in the last couple seasons – but you look at some of their young guys, you know, DeAnthony Melton, uh, Desmond Bain, uh, even Dylan Brooks. All of those guys project to be more impactful shooters. You add a Wancho and a Gomez. I don't know how much he'll play, but he's another option to sort of space the floor at the power forward spot. Uh, and then, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. I wonder if they actually have some sneaky, spacey lineups in there where the guys aren't just good shooters. They're elite shooters. I think Wancho went to the Celtics. Oh, that's right. He did get moved, didn't he? He got yeah, traded. He got, he got moved like a couple and, times. Yeah, he got moved a few times. You're, well, right, Memphis you're made, right. Memphis made so many moves, it's kind of hard to keep track of what their team was. And it seemed like they made all these moves, shuffled around, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is kind of the same team again, just Jonas, uh, you know, and Steven Adams right. instead of Jonas. Right, right. So, uh, but what, what do you think about – let's just end here. What do we think about John Morant? What's his ceiling? What do we think he is in the future? Is he just going to be – Derrick Rose and we'll see what Derrick Rose would have looked like if he didn't get injured kind of deal. What do we think is the, the ceiling for a John Morant? I, I mean, I think we're going to see another bump. Is that 19 points per game last year? You know, three point shot wasn't there, but of course that's not really his game. I think this is a year where the game slows down for him a little bit. He sees even more angles, gains even more confidence now that, you know, he's, he's played in some important games. So I think he takes another step forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a in the conversation for an all. I don't think he'll make an all-star uh, game this season, but I but I wouldn't be surprised if there were moments early on in the season where thinking, hey, who's outplayed him? Let's count the guards. Is, is Should he be in that spot? That 47-point game in the playoffs against the Jazz was just beast. Ooh, especially coming off of that game one where they had they won that game. Ooh, man, like there's, there's just – very few players when they get going that I get more excited for than John Morant because he's just so energetic and like he's into it and you you love to see it for John Morant. So yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think he will be uh pressing on the door for for an all-star game for sure this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis jumped some one or two of the teams that we just kind of have penciled ahead of them, I think just because they've been there before, like a Portland, possibly a Golden State, a Denver, a Dallas. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis leapfrogged one or two of those teams in the standings when the dust settles. And we talk a lot about, you know, a young team. Can they get a taste of it? Can they get to the playoffs and get that experience? This Jazz team just – or this uh, Memphis team just did that. They just got that taste. They got a win, and they got to feel what a win feels like, especially a win – on the road in Utah, right? Like that is, right. that's probably a pretty good feeling for them. They got a taste of it. Maybe they come back, like you said, with more confidence, feeling better about themselves, you know, more together, all that kind of stuff. Another year for, uh, you know, for them together. So I think this is going to be an interesting team. Like you said, they may surprise a couple of people here and there. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. High on Memphis. There you go. We will finish up next week with our big questions, so come back and check us out. Go listen to Monday's edition with Josh Lloyd. He goes around and asks the big questions for uh, three different three different hosts from different, covering different teams. It's great stuff. Also, subscribe on YouTube if you're not. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA.